Welcome to On the House, a podcast focusing on home ownership and the home buying process. On the House is brought to you by the Texas State Affordable Housing Corporation, otherwise known as TSHAC, a nonprofit that provides down payment assistance to help make home buying easier and more affordable. I'm Janelle Levesque. And I'm Sarah Eleanor. And I'm Frank Duplichan. And, and together, together, we make up the home ownership team at T-Shack and your host for the On the House podcast. All right. Hello, and welcome back to On the House, T-Shack's podcast focusing on home ownership and the home buying process. I'm Sarah Eleanor, T-Shack's Senior Manager of Home Ownership Programs and your host for this On the House segment. So in this competitive market and with a shortage of affordable housing, a lot of home buyers are looking for alternative property types that they can purchase to maintain affordability. Manufactured homes and other non-traditional housing types can be a great option when you can't find a traditional stick-built home in your price range. In fact, I was recently on Realtor.com looking at homes in the Austin area. And even if you're not in Austin, I'm sure you've heard of stories about the home prices in Austin. <laughs> and I found that the majority of homes under $300,000 were actually manufactured homes. So if you're in the Austin area, you can find homes under $300,000 if you're willing to consider other housing types. But buying a manufactured home and other non-traditional housing types can present other challenges, particularly when it comes to financing. And so today we're fortunate enough to have Aubrey Miller with Q&A Mortgage here to talk to us about financing options for buyers interested in manufactured homes, tiny homes, shipping container homes, barn dominiums, um, and other alternative housing types. So you may remember Aubrey from a podcast we released last summer on buying a home with student loan debt. And she's back again to help us tackle another important aspect of homeownership. So Aubrey, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah, for the opportunity to participate. I think this is a really uh, important podcast that everybody should listen to. Uh, with housing prices going up, manufactured homes are a great way to get in uh, and keep this cost down a little bit. I, I agree. Yeah. So thank you. I want to kick off our discussion um, by basically sharing some of the alternatives to traditional stick-built housing. What are what are some of the alternative housing types that you see or you've seen? The most common type that we see are the manufactured homes. I think that's what everybody is uh, the most used to. So those are out there. Uh, we're also seeing some of the tiny homes pop up, barn dominiums, uh, which are homes built from converted barns. Uh, and some other non-traditional materials such as shipping containers. Uh, those are kind of a new one we've been seeing uh, on social media and things like that. <laughs> yeah, I know that there um, there used to be, I don't even know if it's down there anymore, but on Rainy Street in Austin, there was a shipping, shipping container bar <laughs> um, and it was kind of crazy. So I know that that's, yeah, definitely becoming more popular. Uh, so let's, I mean, let's start with manufactured home. Cause like you said, those are the most, um, most popular, most well-known. And I think that there is some confusion about what manufactured homes actually are. We, we always hear on our end, the terms manufactured homes, mobile homes, and modular homes used interchangeably, but we know that there's some subtle differences. So can you maybe start by defining those for our listeners? 
Absolutely, Sarah. That's a great idea because we have a lot of borrowers that are confused about these terms. Uh, so your manufactured homes are homes that are factory built and conform to specific HUD standards, including being built on permanent foundations, which we'll talk a little bit about later. Uh, modular homes, they're a little bit similar to manufactured homes in that they are manufactured in a factory, but they're going to be assembled on site and they're not going to be subject to the same HUD regulations as manufactured homes, uh, but they are subject to other federal regulations. Uh, and then we've got mobile homes, which are factory built homes that are often intended for temporary use uh, and they're not affixed to a permanent foundation. The term mobile home is often used for all manufactured homes built before 1976 when the HUD requirements that regulated manufactured housing took effect. Before we go any further, I do want to mention that the HUD regulations improved both the safety and quality of manufactured housing. So manufactured homes built after 1976 are generally much safer and also hold their value better than manufactured homes built before 1976. Okay. Yeah, that, that's all good, good information. Um, you you actually just brought up a good point that I wanted to address, and I think there's major misconception that manufactured homes don't hold their value. Um, and while it's true that they may not appreciate as quickly as traditional stick-built homes, in my director's experience, who was a loan officer and a realtor prior to joining T-Shack, Jean-Yel um, Manufactured homes do appreciate over time as long as the home is affixed to a permanent foundation and sold with the land. Would you agree with that statement, Aubrey? Absolutely. I do agree with that, um, especially in the last few years. We, we've been seeing that more and more. Um, a lot of the value from manufactured homes comes from the land. And so what we see over time is the land is appreciating as well as the house. And so that helps them to keep their value. Awesome. Um, okay, so we've cleared up the definitions, the misconceptions. Uh, that leads me to my first question. So say I'm a listener and I already own a piece of land or I've identified a piece of land that I want to buy. How would I know if a manufactured home would be a good fit for me? Yeah, absolutely. So because manufactured homes are generally less expensive, it could be a really good choice for someone who's not able to find a builder in the area uh, or not able to find a builder who could build a home in their price range. Uh, if you already own the land or plan to purchase the land, uh, the buyer's best option would be to purchase a new home directly from a manufactured home dealer. Dealers have their own financing options available specifically for the manufactured homes that don't include the land. Uh, this type of loan is typically called a chattel loan uh, rather than a traditional mortgage loan. Uh, so for those chattel loans, uh, typically your uh, residential mortgage lenders are not going to be able to do those. They're going to have their own guidelines uh, and their own requirements. Typically, they're going to have a little bit higher interest rates and also require a little bit bigger of a down payment. Yeah. So keep that in mind. I mean, for those of you that are thinking about this option, um, you know, just know the questions to ask, know, you know, know the terms of your financing uh, if you wanted to to go that route. So um, let's say, you know, next question, <laughs> you don't already have a piece of land 
and you want to purchase a manufactured home with land, what would that look like to a buyer? In that case, the buyer would be working with a traditional mortgage lender like myself to apply for a government or conventional loan. FHA, VA, USDA, and your conventional Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac may have a little bit different guidelines. So for example, on FHA, they're going to require an engineer report be done on all manufactured homes, uh, whereas conventional is not going to require that uh, unless the appraiser requests it. So for T-Shack purposes, if you're wanting to uh, get a manufactured home and use T-Shack down payment assistance, you would just need the 640 credit score. And in that case, we would be using your government loan. So your FHA, USDA, or VA uh, to be able to utilize the down payment assistance. It's important and to that, know that, that oh, could be no. like a killer combo. I'll just have to plug that <laughs> in there. So thank you for mentioning the DPA as an option on that because... Um, that could make it even more affordable. So Absolutely. These programs are great and you definitely want to utilize them if you can. Um, so it's just important to know that these programs are out there. Um, and then if you want to use it for the manufactured homes, uh, just make sure you have a lender that does them like myself. Um, and the home itself is going to have to meet some certain requirements in order to qualify for government or conventional financing. Um, so the manufactured home needs to be at least 400 square feet. It needs to be affixed to a permanent foundation and sold with the land. So the land can't be rented or leased. And the entire property, land, and the home must be taxed as real estate. And most lenders will not finance on manufactured homes before that were built before 1976, since those guidelines did change. Right. Okay. Well, that's all great um, information. And you mentioned a couple of times that a manufactured home has to be built on a permanent foundation to meet HUD standards and, and qualifying for government and conventional financing. Can you define what that means? I know you mentioned it earlier too, like what does it mean to be permanently affixed? Absolutely. That's a great question. Because HUD has some very specific standards about what qualifies as a permanent foundation, you want to make sure we meet these. Uh, constructing manufactured homes on permanent foundations differs from a stick framed home. Uh, although they're similar in building materials, these homes also incorporate techniques gleaned from commercially built structures. Uh, they're going to be placed on the property, or excuse me, they're going to be placed permanently on the property, meaning the axles and wheels have to be removed and the foundation must be an engineered foundation. Permanent foundation must be constructed of a durable materials like concrete, uh, mortar masonry, or treated wood, and be site-built. Uh, it shall have the attachments points to the anchor and stabilize the manufactured home to transfer all loads to the underlying soil or rock. Like we said earlier, uh, FHA is going to require an engineer report to show that the foundation is uh, still good on that home. Uh, so it is something that we may have to look a little bit further into depending on the loan type. Perfect. Um, so if a home buyer is looking at a manufactured home for sale, how would they make sure it meets the requirements? Is this something an inspector would determine or could help them determine? Your best source of information is going to be your real estate agent. Uh, they can work with the listing agent to find out the specifics on the home as far as 
as if it's been moved, uh, if it's a permanent structure, uh, if it's a double wide, that's something that myself and the agent can work together on to get the details on to make sure we meet those requirements. Okay. And then before we move on from manufactured homes, uh, is there anything else about the process of buying a manufactured home versus a stick built home that we haven't talked about, like appraisals, insurance, taxes, for example? So the biggest thing to know, again, is maybe you might have to get that engineer report done, uh, just depending. Um, insurance on manufactured homes does tend to be a little bit higher than your uh, regular uh, single family residence. However, what we do see is that taxes uh, on those, the property taxes do tend to be a little bit lower. Uh, so they kind of offset each other. Um, as far as the approval goes, it's something that uh, as the lender let me know you're looking at a manufactured home and I'll make sure that we are good to go on that. Uh, but for the most part, it's going to be very, very similar uh, to getting pre-approved for a single family home. Okay. Um, and are there any scams that somebody should look out for? Like, you know, sometimes people may want to, you know, rent the land, but own the home. I don't know if that's something that people need to be careful about or. Yes, there's always going to be people out there that um, unfortunately are trying to take advantage of people. So you do want to be careful if the land, uh, if they're trying to rent uh, the home, but not sell the land or sell you the mobile home, but uh, rent the land to you. It is something that you want to watch out for and make sure that uh, it's from a reputable company. Um, the other thing, uh, anytime you see owner financing, I'm always a little leery of that. You need to make sure that if you do any type of owner financing, it's done through a title company and done uh, the legal and correct way. Right. Yeah. With a, with a lawyer would always correct. be helpful. <laughs> yes. Always um, with a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So all really good. Um, you know, the risk to, to, um, so those that are wanting to rent the land, that's something that, yes, I agree that that's something that people should be aware of. And then also a lot of lenders won't, finance manufactured homes that are not also financed with the land included. So that may actually be helpful in that situation for people to, you know, not get into that um, scenario where they are renting the land, but own the mobile home. Um, so I think you had mentioned that to me before we even started talking today, that that's the case, right? Lenders Correct. yeah, won't even provide financing on something that's not also including the land. Um so, okay. And then some of the other non-traditional housing types that we mentioned at the very beginning. Um, so maybe we start with, I know manufactured home is like the biggest um, non-traditional housing type, but then there's also the tiny homes that we're hearing so much about because of our lovely friends at HGTV. <laughs> um, it's such a great you know show and we love all, all love watching that stuff. But if someone is actually interested in buying a tiny home, what would you recommend or what do you see? Yeah, tiny homes uh, can be pretty difficult. Uh, a lot of traditional lenders won't finance on tiny homes, um, even if the loan includes land. In fact, about two thirds of people who purchase tiny homes purchase them with cash because the financing can be so complicated. However, we know the cash route is not an option for all buyers who are looking at a tiny home as an affordable alternative to traditional homes. Uh, so there's a two 
few different financing paths, such as builder financing, personal loans, uh, and even RV loans. However, the interest rates for these uh, types of loan is normally going to be a little bit higher than your uh, regular conventional mortgage. Another disadvantage of the tiny homes is resale value. Because the housing type is so new, there's not a lot of research on whether uh, or not a tiny home is going to hold its value. Uh, and it will continue to increase like a traditional home would. Uh, for those reasons, tiny homes can be a, a fun alternative housing type, but they're not really the most affordable housing type when you consider what you're actually getting for your money. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, tiny homes can be exciting and they're great for people with, you know, the minimalist uh, lifestyle, but there are more affordable alternatives like full-size manufactured homes that can be financed at lower interest rates. And so what about homes made of shipping containers like we talked about and um, what what advice can you provide on those? Absolutely, yeah, we um, saw a ton of those when we were over in Europe. So I guess it's now coming from Europe over to <laughs> the United States because I've been hearing more and more uh, about this. So uh, we actually do have a few more options with shipping container homes, uh, particularly if it's an existing home. So it's something that's already built and in place. You can use conventional financing to purchase an existing shipping container home. Uh, if you want to build the home, then you're typically looking at a construction loan. Another reason that the shipping container homes are a bit easier to finance is they qualify as a modular home. Uh, that means that the appraisers can use stick-built and modular homes in the area to determine the value of the property. Uh, so it give their, gives them a bigger uh, wide range of homes that they can use to make sure the value is there. Right. And I think that's kind of what you were saying um, that is difficult with tiny homes is that there's not a lot of comps, a lot, a lot of, you know, things to to determine the value of the property, which makes it hard for, for people to want to finance those types of homes. And I know that kind of brings me to my next point of the, the barn dominiums um, that we hear about and see. And so can you tell us a little bit more about what those are and uh, financing options for those as well? Yes, those are another one that has uh, started to become more popular uh, recently. And I did want to talk about barn dominiums because because of that, because we've seen that increase in, in the housing types. Um, if you haven't heard the term barn dominium, uh, it's basically a barn that's been renovated into a home. Uh, and they're particularly popular in rural areas. Barn dominiums are a little bit more complicated to finance than shipping homes for one major region. And that's because they don't qualify as modular homes. Uh, this makes the appraiser's uh, job just a little bit more difficult. Uh, if there's no similar properties in the area, the appraiser can't assign value to the home, uh, and this can make your loan fall through. So what I generally recommend if you're looking to Marnominiums is to look in the areas that have similar property types. Uh, they will give the appraiser some comparable properties to look at and increase the chances of your your home appraising and your loan being approved. Uh, and that's another thing that your realtor can help you out with as you're searching is making sure that there are other barn dominiums in that area and that we have uh, com comps for those. Awesome. Um, okay. So we're getting, we're getting toward the end. We've covered some, some good material here, but just to recap, home buyers have a lot of options for non-traditional homes, uh, existing manufactured homes that are sold with the land are particularly easy for traditional lenders to finance. 
as long as they meet, you know, those certain specifications, like you mentioned. And traditional lenders can also finance homes like shipping containers and barn dominiums as long as there are comparable properties nearby. Tiny homes, on the other hand, are a little bit more difficult uh, to finance and therefore not always a a great affordable housing alternative, um, but maybe a fun one. (laughs) Uh, So I think that that recaps everything. Um, Aubrey, thank you so much for helping us kind of cover some of these options for everybody today so that they can think about alternative housing types when they're thinking about starting their homeownership journey. Thanks, Sarah. You summed that up really well. Um, If you are interested in a manufactured home or any other housing type, you can always call me directly at 817-500-4030, and I would be happy to discuss your options with you. Awesome. Thanks, Aubrey. I know know our listeners would greatly benefit from the opportunity to ask you some questions directly, and so thank you so much for joining us and sharing your knowledge on all the non-traditional housing types out there. And that's about all the time we have for today. So join us next time for another episode of On the House. Have a great day, y'all.